Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hearts of Iron. This is a podcast where I'm going to be talking about Hearts of Iron 4, the video game, and a lot of the historical context behind certain bits of it, national focuses, and some game strategies. So, yeah, let's get into this. Hello everyone. In the episode a couple weeks ago, we talked about Japan and the island hopping strategy. Now, I want to talk about America's island hopping strategy, because it's going the opposite direction. First of all, you have the advantage by controlling the um, western seaboard, by controlling the Pacific coast, and you have Alaska, so that's that's an that's another shorter route to island hop as well. So you have the advantage in two spots. The Jap, you can get a pretty good jump on the Japanese. Um, what am I trying to say? The American strategy of island hopping back in World War Two was very similar to the Japanese. They would go from island to island and basically take over the place in order in order to set up their own naval base. They would take over the place from the Japanese in order to set up their own naval bases and get to the next island. Right? And the Japanese didn't surrender very easily either. They had... They lived by their warrior code. The Japanese warrior code known as Bushido. And... They didn't surrender easily. You basically had to take control of the whole island. You had to kill everyone. In order to... Win. Because... They would die... Before they surrendered. So, it's... Kind of a... It's... A last, it's a last resort only in Japanese society. But yeah, Bushido, they didn't give up easily. America went from, hopped from island to island. Alright, got it? Now, the last island they conquered, well, there was a couple last islands they conquered. There was Iwo Jima, which many of you probably know about, and Okinawa. Okinawa was the naval base from which we bombed the Japanese home islands. It's a fairly significant moment in history. Of Tokyo being firebombed, but this is where the strategic bombers, which dropped the nukes on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, um, flew out from Okinawa. So, what's my point? Well, my point, my my point, first of all, is saying that America, first of all, has the upper hand here. If they didn't have to go through the Soviet Union waters, now listen up. Russia is very protective of its territorial waters. If America were to island hop from Alaska, you would risk pissing off the Soviet Union, which is your ally. Which is your ally. But even though they're your ally, they're probably still going to put a target on your back just because they don't like people in their waters. They need to keep them secure if the what if the soviet east coast falls there's nothing stopping them from taking most of the soviet of the lands in siberia so you're going to be taking all their good farming land all their good resources so you're going to be taking all their land and all their good resources and you're going to effectively cripple the soviet union so they're very 
protective of that side. There's always a fleet stationed in, Vladivost- in Vladivostok in Hoi 4 to defend uh, the uh, Soviet West Coast, the East, Soviet East Coast, my bad, from Japanese invaders, which, which is their biggest enemy on the, on the East side. United States was during the Cold War. This was one of the, and this is one of the many targets during the Cold War. But I'm not talking about the Cold War. I'm talking about World War Two. Now, Japan had special interest in taking the Soviet East in order to cripple the Soviet Union. But Russia and Japan didn't declare war on each other until the very end of the of the war either. So, there's that. Which would essentially cripple the both of them. Now, let me explain. If Japan attacks Russia, that means Russia is being taken by both sides around the time Germany is pushing on Stalingrad. Which means Russia is going to be beaten down from both sides and it's essentially going to fall apart. But if Japan attacks Russia, it's going to get wiped out by the United States, who is Russia's ally. And it's a lot closer than Germany. Because it's it's right there across the Pacific Ocean. Instead of having to go through a bunch of other countries in Europe. Instead of having to go, go through the Atlantic Ocean and a bunch of other countries in Europe. When Britain's already taking care of Germany. Japan is your main focus. Because it's right there across the Pacific Ocean. But like I said. My point is. Okinawa was basically the only option for the United States. Because Alaska. <laughs> Where am I trying to go with this? Well, you know, it was on the tip of my tongue. It's the United States. Starts bombarding the Japanese. The Japanese aren't expecting an attack on the home islands. You have to understand that. So if America comes through and starts bombarding places like Tokyo or Nagasaki, then it's going to catch the Japanese off guard. Their their um, land forces aren't exactly up to par, except in like Manchuria. And and the rest of East Asia, so they don't have much defense of the of their home islands, and even today, they still don't have a very good ar- army to defend their home islands. I mean, the closest thing they have is a militarized police force, so it's not best. So it seemed to be a strategy that works for America. I'm not sure if you can do that in Hawaii 4. I've never tried a land invasion of the Japanese islands from the United States. But if it were anything like what was planned in real life, it would likely be extremely costly in both terms of money and lives. So, I wouldn't recommend that. I recommend, like I said before, take Okinawa, use the nukes. I mean, really. So, um,
Then you have the other theaters. Well, first of all, like I said, Alaska. That would be a major theater in the Cold War. But again, not talking about the Cold War. Um, you have to think about uh, Germany. What was the United States strategy with in, in Europe? They, they met with Britain around the beginning of the war to discuss what the plan was. And they came up with what's known as the Germany First Plan. FDR and Churchill came up with what's known as the Germany First Plan. Because Germany was seen as the backbone of the Axis powers and was right on Britain's doorstep. So it was the greatest threat. Japan had mostly exhausted its usefulness by the 40s. It saw most of its action in 1937. When the Marco Polo Bridge incident sparked the outbreak of the war in Asia. And then the USS Panay soured tensions with America. So, there's that. Those are both events in Hoi Four. The Germany First Plan, it did involve D-Day, sort of. But before that, the main theater was Norway, was to take Norway. Specifically, to find out where the Bismarck was being built and destroy it, destroy the dockyard. So, that would be the primary strategy. Because the Bismarck wasn't finished yet, it was meant to be Germany's greatest weapon in the war. So, the first plan was to try to take Norway before Germany got it, of course. As in history and in the game, Germany ends up taking Norway for its strategic supplies of coal and oil and things. And natural gas. I love natural gas. But America didn't really have much stake in it. They were just supplying Britain. So there wasn't much... There weren't many Americans dying in the war. There there. Uh, I don't want to underplay the, tra- the, the tragedies of the war, but comparatively few Americans had died compared to the number of British or French soldiers lost, and and Soviet soldiers lost. They they probably lost the most, mostly because they had the biggest army, right? Mostly because they had the biggest army, which I know from Hoi Four, because they had the most manpower. So you're. With, if you're the Soviet Union, you're just going to outnumber. So, they had the most casualties, I believe. But... America... Didn't... Of course, they contributed. But... They didn't have much stake in the war, besides keeping Britain alive. Um, They didn't... They cared because Britain was the ally, but they didn't really care otherwise. Well, it's a complicated situation. Yeah, no, it was a complicated situation, you know. They don't have much stake in the war, but at the same time, they want to help Britain out. So... And 
That also leads into the fact that after the war, America didn't have to rebuild whole cities. We didn't have whole cities bombed. There, there was no fighting in the Americas. It was all in Europe or Asia or Africa, if you're Erwin Rommel. Uh, America was mostly untouched by the war. We, 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 we went in and came out the other side almost completely unchanged. We were... And we were significantly more arrogant to be one of the only countries to do so. And we were. We we, we were we were one of the only countries that went into World War One World War Two and came out almost exactly the same when the war ended. Um Mind you so did Japan. Japan is still an empire to this day. It's one of the only countries that still is. There's Basically, no empires left anymore. I might have to look it up. I, I think it's some small island nation that actually is. I don't know. Weird island nations, man. Um, but America con was able to contribute so much because they had they had so much. They were resources were plentiful. Manpower was plentiful. And supplies, equipment, and things like tanks or ships weren't in low supply. We had plenty of stuff stuff to build that with. And we weren't struggling to keep on our feet with the, with those th sorts of things. We were giving all that to Britain just because we had so much. We have so much land. Well, we have so much resource. We have so much everything, you know? Soviet Union did too, but they were very sparsely populated out in their western regions besides, like, Vladivostok, like I said before. But Soviet Union's right on the front lines. So they lost most of it in Stalingrad or in the Eastern Offensive. Or try and take the Baltic states. Because they mostly only have manpower to go with. So the Soviets. Once they exhausted most of their manpower. Were pretty much done. Only once winter fell in. Were they able to push the Germans out of Stalingrad. So. America had so many more resources and supplies than the other allies and they had so few relative casualties but I need to discuss the Japanese offensive the American offensive of the Japanese home islands that I mentioned earlier I forget what the operation was called. I know D-Day was called Operation Overlord, but I forget what the Japanese invasion was called. But, um... It was gonna be way costlier in terms of lives and money. It was gonna require so many more ships than D-Day. It was gonna take a lot longer to put together. It was gonna be more ambitious than D-Day in almost every way. So... It required some st strategic 
know-how to put together. They would land at, if I'm not mistaken, the plan was to land at Tokyo and try to blitzkrieg your way across the city before Japan could respond effectively. And from there, just branch out to the rest of the home islands. But this is going to be way dangerous. They had naval supremacy. And if you try to, I haven't tried to do this in 24, I definitely haven't. But they had naval supremacy in most of the areas around the home islands. You were going to lose a lot of ships. You were going to lose a lot of men. And if you made it onto the beach, you were going to lose even more men than at D-Day. So. And if you broke through, you were going to lose a lot of men in the cities. Because there were artillery lookout points, like, everywhere. And it's hard to get those tanks through the mountains. So if you manage to get through the mountains, you're going to get taken out there by the artillery lookout points. There's air bases pretty much everywhere. So if you man it, good luck not getting bombarded by strategic bombers. And if you manage to take Honshu, good luck to gang to any of the other islands. Like Hokkaido. Hokkaido, you're not even gonna manage to get you're not even gonna manage to pull the boats together to prepare another movement. So it's going that invasion is going to be fruitless um <sighs> Russia probably could but their navy is still probably going to fail cuz they're They're tactically inferior, I believe is the proper term. The Soviet Navy was nothing compared to Jap the Japanese Navy. It was undisputedly a naval power. But good luck pulling the resources together to invade, like, Hokkaido or any of those other islands. Um, and good luck... Rebuilding anything, or good luck feeding your troops. Uh, Japan is, isn't particularly known to have a lot of resources to it. It's a very mountainous, volcanic island, so... That's one of the reasons they had to make an empire, is because they didn't have enough land to feed their growing population. Or to build their increasing military. So, that... That's gonna require you to retake Manchuria or maybe retake China for the Allies. Which they might like, but you're going to anger Siam. Which, uh, it's probably enough, nothing major, to be honest. Yeah, no. Don't care that you're going to anger Siam. No one cares about Siam. If you need to retake Japan, you're eventually going to have to retake China as well, because the Empress is going to flee to there, right? And, okay, maybe China never becomes communist. 
But if you take out Communist China as well, Soviet Union's gonna hate you now. You take out you take out all the Communist Chinese cliques and the Soviet Soviet Union's gonna hate you now too. So Cold War's gonna be worse. Soviet Union's probably gonna fa fall off your side. And they're well, Soviet Union probably couldn't invade Britain. But they'd probably do some serious damage to Alaska. So they would probably retake Alaska and destroy all your capability to target them from there. And they would, then they could move into Canada and retake the main and take the mainland United States in your toast. So I feel like the Soviet army could pull that off. I, I don't I don't know why I feel that way. I just feel like the Soviet army could pull that off. So, strategically speaking, you're not gonna you're gonna want to not take China if you can help it, but if you take Japan, you're gonna you're inevitably gonna end up taking like Manchuria and whatnot anyway. So that might be good enough, but you never know. You might have to retake China as well, depending on if the emperor flees there, or if he surrenders at Edo Palace. But, the most like, because that happens in Hoi 4, right? You, usually Japan will take over China and they'll install the puppet government. The reorganized government of China, that's the worst name ever. They'll take out the communists, piss off the Soviet Union majorly, and make a... Sort of unified China, but without Sinkang and Manchuria and Tibet. But by taking out the communists, you're going to anger Soviet Union. And since Japan probably owns China, if you retake... If America retakes Jap takes the Japanese home islands, China, China being their puppet is either going to surrender or be really mad at you. It's good to clear war on you. And if you take out China, then the rest of the Chinese states, like Tibet and Sinkang, are probably going to be mad at you. And Soviet Union is going to have to back Sinkang since they're also communist. And... Since they're also communists, and you're probably gonna have a much worse time in the Cold War. So wait, I already said this, didn't I? Okay, so I restated that. Um, but America's and then there's there. While there wasn't that much fighting on the in the Americas, there is the Monroe Doctrine to talk about. Because the Monroe Doctrine, Big Brother Policy, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But America was like the big brother to all the other Latin American countries. All the countries in the Western Hemisphere. And if Ger any attack on those countries would be seen as an attack on the United States. So say Germany lands in Argentina... 
America's probably going to help them out. So, we're getting into theoretical alternate history here. But, Germany's best option is probably taking Argentina. Which is going to force America to declare war on Germany there. I guess I guess America would probably push them off because it's like home turf advantage. But Argentina is also mostly flat and so Blitzkrieg isn't gonna work really well there, like in Poland. So if Germany can blitz its way across the continent before America gets there, that's probably Germany's best option and America can't really do anything about it. But but America's best option in that situation is probably to inter- gain intel from Britain about a possible German invasion and deter them that way. So, like, you would move in, move American troops into Argentina preemptively. And create a line, a defensive line, in order to contain, a, def- a defensive line like forts and whatnot, in order to contain the German army. In order to stop the Blitz from advancing. That's probably America's best option in that situation. But I'm getting too much into the theoretical, alternate history stuff. Germany never invaded America, so... That's probably the end for t- that's the end for today's episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed. I will see you next week. Sam out.